Schaefer the Sharp, you had him number one. Are you angry he's number two? Angry is not the right <laughs> angry is not the right word. Obviously, I have a good I'm feeling. Not mad. I'm just disappointed. Exactly, James. You'll you, you learn that phrase once you have children very quickly. <laughs> I um, learned it because I it was said to and, me when I was a child. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network, the only gambling show that makes you money, and the proud winners of the NYX Gold Level Award in sports podcasting. (laughs) Still makes me laugh every time I say it today. Still waiting on that press release. Today, <laughs> I'm a trophy. Today we're talking about the Kentucky Derby, the best two minutes in sports. Uh, it's happening this Saturday, right before Mother's Day, and we're going to dive in on how to bet the Derby and what we think is going to happen in said Derby. And we're also, because we don't have our guest uh, for the Derby this go around, we are also going to be talking about the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL because a lot of them have moved teams, changed hands. A lot of teams have drafted young wideouts that will eventually become the Justin Jeffersons of the world. So I want to know where we all think these top 10 wide receivers are and who really is the power on the outside, on the boundary in the NFL right now. But first, boys, it's time to talk the ponies. Shafe of the Sharp, I know you're excited to do this podcast. I'm so excited. I forgot my Oxford guys. So sorry about my faulty audio here, but I'm fired up. Um, I tell people, man, betting the ponies, triple crown races, Breeders' Cup, whatever. It's always like going, getting that scratch off at 7-Eleven, whatever, the $2 scratch off, the $4 scratch off. You know, once in a while, you might win your money back. You might, you might win 10, 20 bucks, but it's the only sport. And I've been, I've been privy to this. I haven't won, of course. It's the only sport you can bet a little and win a lot. Uh-huh. I'm talking a lot. Mm-hmm. So it is just a lot of ticket. And why bet on humans when you can bet on thoroughbred horses? Dangles, That's a I'm constantly, constantly asking myself. Dangles, I know with your uh, f- firstborn on the horizon here, right around the corner, I know you've had a lot of time to dedicate to researching <laughs> yes. these horses. I have had so much, <laughs> so much time to dive into all the different twenty horses that will be making the run for the roses, the mile and a quarter at Churchill Downs on the first uh, what Sunday, Saturday, whatever the fuck day this weekend it is in May. You can see how closely Saturday. I've been, how closely I've, I've been following along, and how closely I'm listening to anything anyone says at this point in my life, with my wife being induced on literally Monday. So yeah, I'm excited to learn about <laughs> what you guys have, and then I'll pretend like uh, maybe I made those bets all along. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. We've got some interesting uh, horses to go through this year. No Bob Baffert. Uh, got a couple of Todd Ple- Cod- a couple of Todd Pletcher horses in there to talk about as well. So I think it'll be an interesting uh, an interesting race that I know nothing about, and then I'm going to try to educate other people on how to bet on. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, no no Bobby Baffert shape for the sharp steroids got banned. I don't know how long he's banned. I don't know what what else has happened to him. But hey, man, it's like the king of horse racing is no longer there. It's a perfect opportunity for me just to reach out uh, to our good friend, Uncle Milty, our horse racing expert. He can't be here with us this year, dealing with some uh, personal issues. We wish him well. But if you remember last year, guys, without incriminating himself, of course, he, yes. he had a hunch on Bobby Bafford. And boy, was he right. That guy knows more about horse racing than all three of us combined in our entire lives in the future. Uh, and I find it very ironic that I believe this is the first derby without Bafford and 
couple decades. So, hey, let's clean up this dirty sport. Let's watch some ponies run, baby. All right, let's dive through. I'm going to read off the whole list of horses right now, and then we're going to give out our bets to win and maybe some fun bets you can take along the way. And we will be giving out explainers for those who didn't listen to last year's podcast so you understand what a trifecta is and what all those juicy details mean. But the Kentucky Derby, the 148th running, is as follows. Out of the one seat, it's Mo Donegal, 10 to 1 odds. Two is Happy Jack at 30 to 1. Three is Epicenter at 7 to 2 odds. Four is my favorite name in the whole field. Summer is Tomorrow, 30 to 1. Oh. Number five, Smile Happy at 20 to 1. Number six, Mark Messier at 8 to 1. Number seven, Crown Pride, 20 to 1. Eight, Charge It, 20 to 1. Nine, Tis the Bomb, 30 to 1. Ten is the favorite, Zandon at 3 to 1. I wish Milty was here to tell us why Zandon is the favorite. Number 11, <laughs> Pioneer of Medina, 30 to 1, 12, Tybia, 12 to 1, 13, Simplification, 20 to 1, 14, Barber Road, 30 to 1, 15, White Abario, 10 to 1, 16, Cyberknife, 20 to 1, 17, Classic Causeway, 30 to 1, 18, Tawnyport, 30 to 1, 19, Zozos, 20 to 1, 20, Ethereal Road, 30 to 1, and according to the Kentucky Derby website, there are 21 and 22 horses, Rich Strike and Rattle and Roll, both 30 to 1 odds. That's the whole field, folks. Dangles, we're going to start off with you, because you have the least amount of knowledge in this sport. Yes. Let's start off (laughs) right away. Who do you have winning this thing? Where are you throwing money down and why? Um, you know, it's tough here because I, I mean, I kind of, based on the numbers, I kind of like Epicenter here. And from what I've read, he, he's a favorite of people in the know. Um, but, I, you know, I, was read, I read an interesting stat earlier today that since 1986, horses on the inside three posts are one for 102. Mm. And only one horse did it in 1998, won the Derby from one of the inside three posts. So just from a numbers standpoint, any of those horses in the top three uh, kind of give me, I guess, a little concern just as a completely novice better here. And that stinks because Modonigal at 10 to 1 is another favorite that I've, uh, whose name I've heard coming up in a lot of these conversations. Um, but from from what I hear, Epicenter's got the got the strength to do this. Um, he's, he's had a good career or uh, run leading up to this. Current form is good from what I read. So I like Epicenter as a winner if I'm going to if I'm going to pick one. Shay for the Sharp, what do you have for any uh, winners coming out of this field? Tony, I got to agree with you. Uh, my win name in this field is Summer to Tomorrow. Let me just vent for about 15 seconds. I live in Michigan, as you guys know. This spring has sucked. Uh, <laughs> has sucked. I was going to make a reference to a horse private's part. I won't do that. It's terrible. Um, and I'm longing for Summer. So in my heart, I want Summer is Tomorrow, literally, and on the track. But I'm not betting that. Guys, I listened to The Bear today on his podcast with Stanford C, and the buzz around the Downs is Zandon. Um, they think he is a powerful big boy. He's the favorite, but sometimes his favorites don't have value. I actually think 3-1 to one right now has value because as Bear stated, um, this is going to get bet down. I, I think close to post, I don't think you're going to get 3-1. to one. And it, it, let's do a quick refresher for our folks out there. A trifecta is top three. And then the super is top four. Now for these horses to make money, to make their owners money and to be profitable, you have to finish in the top four. That's called feeding the board. I've heard from no uncertain terms that Zandon will hit this board. He will finish in the top four. Now, if he wins, that's, that's to be seen, but I'm going to go with the old Milty trick. And Tony, you said you weren't, you, you don't remember it. Remember what Milty said last year. And the more I watch horse racing, the more this happens. He said, ho- horses that start in close proximity to their post tend to finish right next to each other. And it's amazing as you watch these horses, how often that happens. So 
I'm looking at Zan, and obviously he's going to finish top three. Um, Tabia at 12, and Pioneer of Medina. So I like my first bet, a, a, a trifecta box, 10, 11, 12. Medina? Let's all finish. Yeah, Medina. Yeah, that's, it, that's how you could <laughs> oh, pronounce I can't it. Read. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it could be how you pronounce it. Who knows? It's not, yeah, but it could yeah, be. Sorry. Could be. <laughs> well, guys, you know, my glasses on. Sorry. Um, you know, it's been a long day. So let's just, let's just keep it. Let, let, let's not talk about letters, okay? Let's talk about numbers. I like 10, 11, 12, trifecta box. Uh, and again, these horses can finish in any order. Um, a couple, a couple, not long shots, but a couple horses I like to win. Uh, Messier. Um, this guy is a mutter, and if he can get out, if he can get out to a decent start, come around the last turn with a chance, uh, I like his chances. So I'm going to sprinkle something on Messier at eight to one. That horse is number six, and my favorite horse. Doing a little research today is my guy. Number two in the name challenge, Cyberknife, the 16. Yep. Yep. Um, th- th- uh, this boy can run, and he's had a good track record. They put uh, interesting fact: they put blinders on him in the Arkansas Derby. Some horses don't like blinders. This horse has not performed poorly with blinders on. So give me an outright on the 16. Give me an outright on the six, and I won't butcher the name. Give me a trifecta box, 10, 11, 12. Maybe throw some exacta boxes in there with those three. Yeah, uh, Drew, I'm right there with you on Cyberknife as a long shot. Not only is it the best, one of the best names in the whole field, but also it's trained by a guy named Brad Cox, who has trained horses that have won the Derby before, uh, I believe two in the past five years. And the jockey there has also won the Derby before. I believe he won it three years ago. I also like Messier because his jockey is the horse that won last year for Bob Baffert and then had it taken away. Yes. So he's been there before, yeah. too, at 8-1. to one. Uh, So those are probably the two bets that I would make, Cyberknife and Messier. And as for trifecta boxes, which is a little bit different than a trifecta, trifecta box is taking three horses, and they can finish in any order, one, two, or three. You're essentially making six different bets on the same thing. You're taking three horses, doesn't matter what finish they have, one, two, and three. They just got to all be in the top three. And I do remember the Uncle Milty trick of taking a trifecta box where it's all in a row there. I'm going to do a little bit different, though. Because I can't keep Zandon out of it, because I do believe Zandon will be in the finish. So I'm going to take Messier, I'm going to take Zandon, and I'm going to take either Tis the Bomb or Charge It. Probably play one of those two as my trifecta box. Messier, Zandon, one of those middle horses, Charge It or Tis the Bomb in a little trifecta box. Tis the Bomb, actually, their 30 to 1 horse at the 9 seed, has the most earnings out of any horse in this race. Don't really know how that works out or if it means anything, but that Tis the Bomb horse has won a lot of money in the past. But I, I I mean, with as little as we know about the Kentucky Derby, and I know more this year than I've known in years past, and I still know 1% of there is to know, it's still a very, very exciting two minutes to watch. You have to watch it. You have to watch it. Dangles, I know again, little baby Luke is on the way. Are you going to get a chance to watch the Kentucky Derby on Saturday? I, I think I will. He won't be here till Monday, so I should get uh, I should get a chance to do that. I do like Zandon as well, Tony. I think he is going to be in the mix there towards the end. Um, I had a trifecta for trifecta box here uh, with Epicenter, Zandon, and uh, I like Taba at the 12 as well. So that's the 3, the 10, and the 12 there. And if you're going to go with the Superfecta and add a fourth in, we haven't talked about White Abario yet, who's also a favorite. He's at the 15 spot at 10 to 1. Uh, a lot of folks like him as well uh so yeah i like any of those names if you're going to go in uh, some things to uh, some names in the bucket if you're going to pick a trifecta box 
So basically, after all this talk, uh, what we've shown is that we really know nothing about this upcoming yeah. Kentucky Derby, and we're taking shots in the dark, but that is horse racing. Shape of the Sharp, close us out before we go into the NFL wide receiver rankings. Last thoughts on the 148th Kentucky Derby. I thought some good advice last year was Milty said you can, through research, you can just X out horses before you even start your, 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 your bet sheet, right? So go through, the, go through the list, X out, usually first three posts, last three posts, Narrow the field. 20 horses. This is a lot, guys. Yep. This is, a, this is the, by, by far, this is the most horses in, in a triple crown race. It shrinks almost half by the time Belmont starts. So my only piece of advice, go through the horses, eliminate which ones you don't want in your card, narrow the field. Hey, you know, blindfold with a dart throw still gets bullseye sometimes. Let's have some fun. Fastest two, the, the most exciting two and a half minutes in sports. I tend to agree. Let's do it for Luca, Dangs. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. After this, we'll be ranking, and I'm very interested to see how this conversation goes, the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. That is coming up next. West West Coast Gamblers. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with breslow the business of sports betting podcast Longtime listeners will know that every year the West Coast Gamblers does the QB rankings where we rank every starter from the past season of the quarterbacks, one on top of the other, till we get to the top final best quarterback in the league. And it's a lot of fun talking about the shitty quarterbacks, talking about the Mike Whites of the world, the Nathan Peterman Award. It's a lot of fun diving into that, seeing where the New York Jets starter ends up or where the Carolina Panthers starter ends up, and they're not even in the top 32 But with the amount of wide receivers and top-tier wide receivers that have moved this offseason, been traded, been cut, been moved, been rumored to be out of the door, a lot of uh, contract situations going up, we decided to go back to our ranking system and do the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. No, I'm not going to be ranking Equinemia St. Brown and all the other shitty wide receivers out there. No, we just want to talk about who is the best in the world at what they do and see where they are with these new teams and how much it changes. Because a lot of them have been traded for multiple picks, including first-rounders, and a lot of them didn't get, tra- uh, didn't get traded for the value that they should have gotten. I will say one thing. Marquise Brown, not on this list. So sorry, Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> um, the way we did it is each of the hosts made their own personal top 10 lists. We combine all those together to figure out who ends up being the top. And there's a couple of names out of the top 10 that didn't get votes at all couple of names that were left off this top 10 list only 13 total receivers got votes a couple of names didn't get any votes and i was surprised 
Mike Evans and Terry McLaurin did not get a single mm. vote to be a top 10 wide receiver in the league. So before we go into the list, like Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Waddle, no, they're not going to get votes. They're not the top 10. Jalen Waddle maybe next year. But Mike Evans and Terry McLaurin, I'm surprised that none of us had them in their top 10. Dangles, any thoughts on Mike Evans and Terry, or were they so far off you didn't even consider it? It was less about them and just more about the competition against them. And when you put them side by side, at least when I put them side by side with the guys, you know, uh, in my list, I mean, Mike Evans is a dominant receiver. You can't teach what he has. He's six foot five. Um, He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he can win any one on one catch situation. He's great in the red zone and having Tom Brady to throw to you helps. But yeah, just I mean, looking at the names on our list and the names we're going to get into I just think every single guy that I've listed is a better receiver than Mike Evans is. And that's not to take away from him. He's had what, like, was it four, five thousand yard? Uh, oh, I, think, I think like seven. seven. Yeah. Is it seven? Yeah. Oh, God, it's <laughs> even more than that. So, again, not to discredit, like, that's, in, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, not to discount that. But it's just, you know, looking ahead, it's, it's, it was hard to see him amongst these other names. So it's not so much a, a fade of Mike Evans as just a, a tough field of competition when you're only picking 10 of these guys. There's a lot of youth on this list. Out of the 13 players that got votes, uh, six of them are on their rookie deals or just got off of their rookie deals. So there's a lot of there's a lot of great wide receivers coming out. Next year, we might have guys like Jamison William, Garrett Wilson, Drake London that make this list. We don't know. The wide receivers are just get better and better every year. Uh, Shave for the Sharp, Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, I guess I guess da- Dangles talked about Mike Evans. Anything on Terry McLaurin that kept him off your list? Yeah, if it means anything to these guys that I'm sure they're listening, they were probably like my first three out. I mean, literally yeah. two of those three guys. And I'd throw probably even Mike Williams in there. Um, I mean, Mike Evans is a model of consistency. What separates him uh, from my top 10 is just a hint of explosiveness. Obviously, you can't fault him for his age. He's as steady as they come. But I'm looking for really game changers. And that doesn't necessarily mean speed as we'll get into it. But absolutely, if we were doing top 15, Scary Terry and Evans and throw in his Evans teammate, Chris Godwin, would definitely be in my top 15. I want to I highlight two guys quickly that didn't make my top 10, but I think they're likely to make my top 10 next year with a good year. I really, 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 really love with the, with a new quarterback addition in Indianapolis. I love Michael Pittman Jr. Mm. I think he has potential to be an absolute monster. And I referenced Mike Evans before, guys. I mean, if that guy can stay healthy with Herbert, I think the sky's the limit with him. Uh, I'm, not sure Williams, yeah. gonna make, I'm not sure if Keenan Allen's going to make our top 10 here. He made mine. But um, I, I think those two guys are due um, for potentially breakouts. Not, not, I mean, they're, they're already stars in their right. Michael Pittman Jr., Mike Williams, I think, have a chance to crack my top 10 this year with this season. It's a tough list to crack, man, because, again, there's there's weapons everywhere. And with the, the quarterbacks being as good as they are, they make wide receivers as well. But let's start off with this list. Again, we're doing the top 10, but I want to start off with number 13. Just missed being an honorable mention on this list. Uh, only one person had him on their individual list, and it was Dangles. He was your 10th wide receiver. DK Metcalf is number 13 on our list. Give us the case for DK. Why is he a top 10 receiver in your book? Watch the tape. Uh, just watch this guy's tape. He's big. He has uncanny speed for a guy his size, his strength. We've all seen the the clip of him chasing down Buda Baker on that interception return. You know this guy can run with anybody. He just got. He was just on a podcast very confidently nodding his head as Shannon Sharp asked him whether he could beat Tyreek Hill in a, in, in a sprint. Um, I, I think can't. 
he he probably can't. He believes he can, but hey, who knows? Um, I just think the combination of size and speed that he brings. He obviously there are some injury concerns there, but you can't teach that. You can't. It's not something you find every day. And I'm we're gonna see what happens now that uh, that Russell Wilson is gone. But I, I think he is a top ten wide receiver in this league. He's a guy who I would want to build my franchise around. He seems like a stand up dude. And his battery mate Ty Lockett was on my first four out list. This guy. This is a guy who yeah. doesn't get a lot of love in the NFL, but he is he was a top 10 receiver last year in terms of yards. He's an excellent deep threat. I don't know if there's a, a better, just a more consistent deep threat in terms of stats in the NFL, but I believe DK Metcalf is a top 10 wide receiver in the in the NFL, and he's shown it through his play. I, I actually lied. DK did not come in 13th. He came in tied for 12th because the man he tied with was also only voted on one list, also on the 10 spot, and it's Schaefer the Sharps list. Why is C.D. Lamb in your top 10, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston? I think if I'm not mistaken, Tony, he came in right at 10 for me. And again, I'm just going back to the explosiveness, right? I mean, he is a game changer. Anytime he touches the ball, he's a threat. Any, any 50-50 ball downfield. And just the dynamic athleticism he has. Now, I know uh, the Cowboys flailed out in the postseason, which is, you know, per the course for them. Um, but saying that, I'm very curious. I made that I made that selection in my top 10, knowing that obviously this is his first year that he doesn't have Amari Cooper opposite of him. So even though if he was probably 1A, 1B, he will be a true number one in Dallas. Mm. I do expect for him to step up his game, be Dak's main target. And guys, let's not mean. He caught 1,100 yards and yep. six touchdowns last year. I mean, he certainly he certainly didn't have a, a bad year um, by any stretch. So um, he made my top 10. Um, no fault to anyone that wants to argue it. I get it. But to me, he's a top 10 receiver in the league. My favorite part about C.D. Lamb, and probably my by favorite, I mean my most questionable part, is every time he gets a first down, he pretends to snort a line of coke off of his finger. Number 11 <laughs> on this list. Uh, also was only voted on by one person, but... He was voting on the ninth spot for that person. It's back to Schaefer the Sharp. Number 11, just missing on the top 10, is Keenan Allen. Let me just say that I love Keenan Allen. Mm, I talk about We talked about Mike Evans, a model of consistency. The guy's always there. But to me, the world has surpassed him when it comes to the top 10 stuff. I, I He was on my like first three out list, if we're going to yeah. do that. I think number 11 is a perfect spot for him. I just think some of the younger guys are better at this point in their career than Keenan Allen is. But Schaefer the Sharp... He was number nine on your list. Why was Keenan Allen that high? Tony, I won't lie. I thought exactly what you just said when I'm making this list. I really did. And I dug in the stats. D-Y-K. Five seasons. He's only missed. Uh, he's played 16 games before a 17-game schedule. So he's missed only three games the last two years. I think he gets a bad rap that he's always hurt. But I couldn't believe he's only missed three games the last two years. He's caught over 1,000 yards in his last six seasons. And the one time he didn't, he was eight yards short. He's caught at least six touchdowns in the last five seasons. This guy, by all metric, the last five years, I mean, you could make an argument for Mike Evans here. Absolutely. I think they're almost 1A, 1B because they're kind of the same player, right? Um, they're, they're, they're different styles of receivers. But for my money, again, when I watch football and we all watch a lot of it, we gamble on it. I trust Keenan Allen. When the ball's coming to him, I trust him. Yeah. I, trust him to make a, I trust him to make a pressure catch. I trust him to extend past the sticks. I just trust him. I don't worry about anything with him. He's reliable, and when I dug into his stats, I mean, the last five years, I, I had to put him nine. I really did, and I was surprised by that, Tony, to answer your question, but he's definitely a top 10 receiver in my book. Well, let's get into the West Coast Gamblers' official top 10 wide receivers in the NFL, and I'm happy you brought up trust 
Drew. I'm happy you brought up trust because the man who hits number 10 was only voted into the top 10 by yours truly, Tony Squares. And it's Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had him eighth because there is no player, and this is Tom Brady too, there is no player that I trust more when I need to get a possession than Chris Godwin. I don't believe he's a burner. I don't believe he's a deep threat, but there is no one better in the middle of the field in that offense. I I think he is what makes that offense tick and what makes that offense scary, not necessarily Mike Evans. I put Chris Godwin eighth on my list. Because of that, he comes in tenth on our total rankings. Neither of you had Chris Godwin in the top ten, so am I wrong? Are these rankings wrong? Should Chris Godwin not be in the top ten? Dangles, what do you think? Huh, that's interesting math where Tony's the only one who voted on him, and <laughs> somehow he makes the top ten list. He was eighth. He um, was eighth. That's how the math works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, again, it, you know, it, it's going to—we're we're splitting hairs here. Chris Godwin is absolutely uh, a beast, uh, one of the lower drop percentages that you're going to see in the NFL. I think under 5%. He only had five drops last year, um, so consistent, absolutely. Uh, you know, another guy who's a big frame red zone threat. Um, you can absolutely make an argument for him to be in the top 10, but, um, yeah, I just, you know, he didn't make my list. Shave of the sharp. Uh, two dangles. I mean, that was well said again, if we were doing top 15, he'd absolutely be in my list with his teammate, Mike Evans might be 11 and 12. Honestly, I'm not discounting anything you said. Just, just lastly, a little explosiveness, a little game changing ability for me to put him in my top 10. Well, I mean, you could say that about Keenan Allen too. That's kind of what I was thinking when you were talking about that is to go back to, I mean, he's not a guy. I, th- I think they're very similar players. Yeah. Yeah. You I know? do too. I do too. I do too. Very similar players, and I'm going with the younger one. Number nine, number nine, the last man on this list that did not get voted on the list by a particular person, but he made two lists in this top ten. He made my list. He made Dangles' list. I had him all the way to number six. Dangles had him exactly at number nine. Schaefer the Sharp did not have him on his list at all, and it's a man that Philadelphia just paid a first-round pick for, a man that was playing to unbelievable levels with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback and that team only passing 45% of the time. It's A.J. Brown. Dangles and I can speak highly of A.J. Brown. Again, I had him number six. I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Shape of the Sharp, he did not make your list. I don't think he's going to do well in Philly because he has Jalen Hurts throwing him the ball, but that doesn't take away from his talent. Why don't you think he's a top 10 player? Because he just got traded to a team with Jalen Hurts as his quarterback. I mean, point <laughs> blank. I mean, that's that's literally why I left him out. And, you know, we we this is for another day. We can talk about, you know, the player empowerment era. These guys kind of forcing themselves out of contracts. I wasn't thrilled with with that whole thing in Tennessee, his exit strategy, it seems like they're working actively to try to get him uh, signed. He obviously didn't like the numbers and he walked. And I think Philly, I think Philly and, and Tennessee did what they had to do. But I, I do think is for how bad Tannehill was uh, in that postseason game against the Bengals. And that's your last image of him. And it was rough. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was rough. I think AJ Brown's going to be missing Ryan Tannehill. Now I might eat crow on this one. Uh, I, I, I just don't like Jalen Hurts. And I, when making this list again, if we're, if we're, if we're, if we're making this list on pure talent, pure, but I, I have to, I have to, I have to play into who's quarterback here. What's his outlook on, on this team this year. And he just, he just, he just missed it for me. I, I don't like him on, I don't like Jalen Hurts. I don't like him on Philly. Um, I'm sure he'll be motivated. Yeah. He just had a great contract, but um, again, don't play for the top 10. He's not, he's not my top 10. I'm sorry. Dangles, number nine for you, number six for me. I mean, I think he's uh, the future at the position, but Drew brings up a good point. That Philadelphia offense is – he went from a a team that runs the ball a a lot to a team that runs the ball more than anybody. I don't know if that was a great situation for him. No, but they also didn't bring him there to block for Boston Scott and, you know, Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell Gainwell and whoever the hell else they're rotating in and out of that backfield. So I think the offense is going to have to adapt to – 
utilize him. And now you've got him on one side, you've got Devonta Smith on the other side, you've got, you know, two guys that can kind of play off each other. And, you know, maybe we see Devonte come through a little bit um, with, with more coverage going over towards AJ Brown's side of the field. But I mean, he's, he's a big bodied guy. He was the, I believe, what was it? Third, fourth, fourth highest graded receiver by PFF over last season's uh, grades. I mean, he's a guy who you, who by all accounts you want on your team from a player standpoint. So yeah, I definitely think he's a top 10 wide receiver. And I think it's hard to, I put him on here and I, 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 I thought about what you brought up, Drew, but for me, it's hard to make that call before I see what he does in that offense sure. and how they use him. And so just knowing what I know now, I think he's, I think he's got to be in your top 10. I think he's an absolute game changer at the position. I think you can win a game just because he's on your team and we'll see what happens in Philly, whether that works or doesn't work. We're going next though, to number eight overall, a guy who was a game changer, arguably the best wide receiver in the world for a few years, but now is in his elder stages. He's the first player on this list that all three of us had in the top 10 somewhere along the line, and he's the first player on this list that'll be missing the first six games of the season. It's DeAndre Hopkins. Dangles, you had him up at number six. I had him right at 10. I think DeAndre Hopkins is ripe to miss this list next year. It's He's been in the league for a long time, my friends, and I don't think his youth is anywhere close. His, his energy, his speed is only going down. I love Hopkins still. I still think he's a game changer. Great storyline, great person, all the above. But Dangles, number six overall. Obviously, you don't think he's close to missing this list. No, well, I mean, and I, I think when he's, I mean, obviously, the, it's, it's injury, right? When he, you know, the injury issues is kind of what bumped him down the list for me here. It's not a, you know, thing because of what happened with the PEDs. I'm not going to pass judgment on that yet. I think, you know, this is a guy who's been clean his, you know, entire career and is by all accounts an upstanding person. Um, but. For me, I mean, look, this guy has the best hands in football, and this is no secret. We all know this when he's healthy. He's as hard to cover as anyone on the field. Yeah, he's getting a little bit older, um, but, I mean, he's still able to pull off stuff like the hell, the Hale Murray catch. He's still able to he's, – he's still a guy who can go for 10 and 100 in a game. Um, this is a dude is a foundational piece of a franchise. Even at an older age, I'd still – you know, he's a guy who I'd, I'd – you know, I, I'd, I'd pay a little bit to get him on my team. I love him. I, I think New Hopkins is, is – is a model for the league, and I, 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 he's he was fit at six for me. Shape of the sharp, you had him right at eight. Do you agree with me though that he's uh, probably the most ripe candidate to miss this list next year? I do, and according to my list, I'd probably put Keenan Allen um, ahead of him to, to fall out of my top ten, just with the emergence I think of Mike Williams. But I think you're right, Tony. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from the suspension if he even serves all six games. Um, and I agree with Dangles. I mean, from a hand standpoint. From a 50-50 jump ball standpoint, I still think he's top three at worst in the mm. league as far as just his, his hands and his ability to go from 50-50 balls. And he's just an awesome competitor. I love the way he competes out there. He doesn't get intimidated. Not that any of these guys do. But he has just an extra edge to him that I really like that I want on my team. So um, I have him eight, right? You guys said I'm at six and ten. I'm at right in the middle. There he is. Number seven, which is also right where Drew had him on his personal list. Dangles had this man as high as number four. I had him number nine. It's Buffalo's own Stefan Diggs. Uh, I like Diggs a lot. Uh, there's, uh, I had him at nine, but it was like splitting hairs at this point. I think the next few wide receivers, you can put them in any order, yeah. and it's right there. But Drew, uh, Dangles, you had uh, Stefan Diggs all the way up to four. 
obviously a game changer, but you think he's like top, top, top five in the league. I love, I love Stefan Diggs. I love what he brings. I love his mentality, the steady, consistent production year over year. He's got four consecutive thousand yard receiving seasons. That's with two different teams, which I think shows not only the depth of the raw talent that he has, we've, uh, you know, um, but also his adaptability, you know, his, his ability to shift into a new offense. He's going to be doing it again this year with the, you know, the new offensive coordinator in Buffalo, Brian Dable being gone. So we're going to see that again. We've seen his ability to be explosive and in primetime situations. He can he can make the big plays when it counts. This dude does everything that you want in a wide receiver. And he's a great guy in the locker room. I love Stephon Diggs. I will go to bat for him any day of the week, even though he is on the, you know, the the Bills in, in the uh the AFC East, my, you know, my division where my Patriots play. But I will I will go to the mat for Stephon Diggs any day of the week. I think anybody would be lucky to have them on their squad. In my opinion, the way I made this list, because again with splitting hairs, I thought about the matchup. And if I have the best cornerback in the world against this wide receiver, who wins more often than not? And I think Diggs can get taken out by the best cornerback in the world. Am I wrong in thinking that, Drew? Did I have Stephon too low? You had him right at seven. 2,700 yards, 18 touchdowns, not missed one game because of injury in two years, set out one because they had to buy. And he is drawing Um, CB1 every single game. Yeah. yeah, Yes. And again, and again, all these guys don't have competition problems, but this guy is a competitor. I think the dynamic pairing with obviously J.A. there in Buffalo is one of the best combos in all the league. I really do. And so I, I, I'm with Dangs. I'm just, I'm personally a big fan. I think if I'm being honest, I just love the fact that he's fucking out of Minnesota. Um, so I have to deal with him twice <laughs> a year. Reason too. And yeah. And, and so I, I enjoy watching Buffalo much. He can go to your division, Dangs, not get him out of my division. So, um, I think he's awesome. That's the worst part. I want to hate the bills. I love the bills. They're a great, they're such a fun yeah, team to watch. Yeah. How do you hate the Buffalo bills? Yeah. Uh, speaking of a guy who is in our division, Drewby, number six, he's also exactly where you had him at number six. I had yeah. Justin Jefferson as my fourth best wide receiver. I think the world of this man dangles had him one spot behind where he is right now at number seven. Uh, Jefferson to me cannot be stopped. Cannot. The only person that can stop Justin Jefferson is Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. I can't wait to see him in this new offense. I'm very excited to see them take the reins off of this man. Justin Jefferson to me is a world beater but you guys drew you had him right at six dangles at seven obviously kept him out of your top five for a reason but i mean is that just because he had a minnesota as a whole had a down year last year you know again you said best tony at this point uh i I really wanted to get a concrete top five he was just out of it coming in at six i mean he is like you said uh he is a monster he is a monster and i do think you know i wonder remember that trade that that draft day trade when the vikings um sorry when the bills uh, traded their pick to Minnesota to acquire Stefan Diggs. And with that pick, the Minnesota Vikings selected Justin Jefferson. Yep. How ironic that those two are right behind there, right, I think, yeah. in our ratings. Yep. And and very very rare that a trade benefits both parties like that. And I do think uh, of all the upside, we talked about guys that we think because of age could maybe fall out of our top 10. I think looking at this list, obviously because he's six, he's in close proximity. But he'd be my number one candidate to move in the top five this year. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'd have to agree with you. Dangles, you'd have to agree as well. He was seven for you. Yeah. But I mean, the upside is unreal on this guy. And again, you know, we're, we, you can rotate these guys wherever you kind of want. I love Justin Jefferson. I, you know, I think, hey, we, we're seeing it now. Like, I know, I know LSU has is, is, is been referred to as DBU. But over the last few years, they're turning into yeah. a wide receiver U with obviously uh, Justin Jefferson and now Jamar Chase, who I hope we'll get to later on this list. Uh, I certainly had him in 
my top 10. I guess we'll find out. But no, he's absolutely a candidate. I think he could potentially be even a candidate to move into the top three this next season if things go well and if Kirk Cousins doesn't Kirk Cousins all over the place. Dangles, real quick. I, I wonder why LSU is called DBU. Who are these guys playing in freaking practice every day? I yeah. mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah. these guys are playing. I mean, Derek Stingley is literally playing against Jamar Chase and Jefferson as a true freshman every day, and Joe Burrow throwing them. The you football. wonder why so, Alabama doesn't churn out more corners? <laughs> exactly. I, I was thinking about that post draft, and I'm like, I'm kind of high on Derek Stingley Jr. because I'm just a competition he plays against. <laughs> Plays against within his own team, so just a thought. Well, he went third overall to Houston, so he better fucking pan out. Number five. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to be covering as good receivers as he was in college. (laughs) No, he's covering Nico (laughs) Collins at practice. Number five. Hold your tongue. (laughs) Number five. Uh, This is an interesting one because I had him number seven, and I actually think I ranked him too high. I'm surprised that you guys had this man as high as you did. This is the other man that everyone assumes is soon to be traded, although John Lynch has come out and said this man is not going anywhere. He wants a new contract. He wants a new deal. He wants to not be playing for Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, uh, Trey Lance, whatever the case may be. Debo Samuel has cracked our top five, and gentlemen, I believe it is a mistake. I like Debo a lot. I like Debo a lot. But to me, Justin Jefferson is 10 times the receiver Debo Samuel is. Debo Samuel, the ball in his hands, we saw him running the ball. He's, he's unbelievable. But as for wide receiver, I would, I, would, I would pick Justin Jefferson 10 times over 10 over Debo. You guys both had Debo ranked higher than Jefferson. Why? He said it best. He's not a wide receiver. He's a wide back. And this is like the classic fantasy guy that's a flex, like the Marcus Colston year where you could play him at tight end, but he was a receiver. This guy's literally a running back and a wide receiver in one body. It's unbelievable. And apparently he doesn't want to do that anymore. We all know his his contract issues in San Francisco. But again, he rushed for 365 yards and eight touchdowns on the ground, caught 1,400 yards through the air, six six more touchdowns, and he's reliable as all hell. Now, there's a lot of tread on the tires, and I think that's what he's trying to capitalize on as we speak. I don't think he wants that tread on the tires in his fourth year. He said he doesn't want that tread. Exactly, and I don't blame the guy, but I don't see how you can watch him last year. And I'll respectfully tell him, I don't know how you can watch him play 17 games last year, make a run to the uh, NFC Championship game, and not have him on your top five. Again, he's a cheat code. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Pure pure receiver standpoint, Jefferson, I agree with you. But he does way more than just catch balls, man. He has a wide back. He's a load to take down. The guy is awesome, 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 awesome. He comes in at number five for me. He was good before they really used him in that running back role. The season, this was this past yeah. season was the first year that Kyle Shanahan really shifted him into that that half wide receiver, yeah. half running back role. But he was good the year before. He was blowing people away and 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 doing you know Tyreek Hill like things. And you know that's honestly you know who I would say is compass. He's he's got a versatile like a versatility and speed like that. He's two inches taller. Um, we've only seen his production ability at wide receiver uh, and running back. You know go up and both roles and I guess I look at this like I think we're seeing a new wave of receivers with these like the Tyreek Hills um, and now the Debo Samuels and you know who knows who else I think Jalen Waddle could be somebody like this that are that are and I, I guess I'm just thinking about wide receiver as being versatile and doing more than just being a guy who's on the outside and who's catching passes that versatility brings a lot to the offense and I just think look if Debo can do this with Jimmy G yeah uh, number four on this list. Occasionally we do this on the QB list where we, we take a rookie and we put him a little bit higher than he's supposed to be. But I think he, this man that we're about to say is not high enough. I had Jamar Chase as my second best wide receiver in the whole entire football league. Drew had him at number three. Dangles, 
you had the defending rookie of the year, Jamar Chase, at number eight overall. Is that just because it's a one-year wonder thing and he's going to sort of come back down to earth? Or do you believe he's just that's where he is right now? Because he comes in fourth on our list because of you, Dangles. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, like I, lo- I love Jamar Chase. I think I think he's got all the talent in the just world. Mad I don't... He took rookie of the year away from Mac Jones. No, that, I mean, that's what I think. <laughs> honestly, no, like, you know, because he was better than Mac Jones down the stretch. That's just that's a yeah. that's a fact. He just was. Um, I guess for me, I think this is just the all these other guys. I've seen more. Yeah. I've seen them play more. They've been consistent year over year over year. Do I personally think that he's going to come back down to earth? No. Like, I think, I mean, I, I, I guess what we don't know was last year his floor or his ceiling. Or, you know, what what are, what did we see last year? And until I know more about that, it's hard to put him over guys like Debo Samuel, like Stephon Diggs, like some of these other names that we're going to talk about for me, like like DeAndre Hopkins, and even Justin Jefferson, who only has one more season in the league. But still, again, he's got two years of consistency. So I couldn't in good faith put Justin Jefferson or uh, Jamar Chase ahead of Justin Jefferson when they're very similar. I think that you can comp them very similarly as far as receivers go. Justin Jefferson's got two more years in the league. So I just, I, I need more tape is all. Is but there, I have every... To me, there's just no chance that today... Jamar Chase is a worse wide receiver than DeAndre Hopkins. I just, uh, maybe I'm thinking low on Hopkins, but today I would take Jamar Chase seven times in a row. Like I, I just think Jamar Chase is unreal at that position. And and we all, every single one of us, made fun of Cincinnati for taking him over Panay Sewell. Yeah. Every single one did. of us did that. But man, the man is a game changer. He comes in fourth on our list, and I'm excited to see. Dangles, I'm right there with you. I'm excited to see what the sophomore year brings for Jamar Chase in that offense. Will it be as good as this one? And will it, uh, he had a lot of uh, games where he was on fire. He also had a few games where he didn't do anything. Yeah. So we're going to see uh, definitely step two of Jamar Chase. Number three on this list, a little bit high according to Drew and I. We both had him at number five. Dangles, he had him at number two. It's the speedster, the new Miami Dolphin himself, Tyreek Hill, yeah. made the top three. Dangles, why is Tyreek Hill the second best wide receiver in the league to you? Because he's unstoppable. Because mm. you, he is, he is not. First of all, he's a guy you have to game plan for, and not just oh, we're gonna like throw double coverage at him, or oh, we're gonna put our best cornerback on him, have him play press coverage all day long. No, which which doesn't work. You can't fucking press Tyreek Hill. But this is a guy who you 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 have to know where ten is on the field at all times. You just have to. And even when you know where he is or where you think he is, he can still beat you. And to me, that's what puts him you know, in that top three class. For me, number two on my list, that explosiveness. He's the deadliest weapon in the NFL, period, full stop. He has to have a specific game plan to stop him, and I think that just that gives him that extra edge of the ability to take over a game. Even when everybody knows the ball is probably going to 87, Travis Kelsey, or 10, Tyreek Hill. We all know that, and he still can't be stopped. Shave of the Sharp, did you have him at number five because of his new home with Tua? I did. I, it played a factor. I would. I mean, I, I thought this guy the last three years since Mahomes took over Kansas City really pound for pound. Uh, before this year, I should say, is pound for pound the best receiver in the world. I agree with Banks. I mean, I think he's got the one skill of any of these guys in our top ten that's the most dangerous, and that's just his blind speed. I mean, he's called the cheater for a reason, and – Kind of going up what Dang said. It's not you know the game plan for him, but it's the classic. Everyone needs to know where he's on the field at all times. He makes the receivers around him better. He frees up Kelsey. He frees up other receivers, and you just he he's just he's just defenses are uneasy, rightfully so. Comes into my top five, and I kind of flip flop between him and Debo. My top three, I was pretty set on. Um, and yeah, to answer your question, Tony, I think I moved him down one spot because of his home, the new home. I don't love Tua with him. Um, 
we'll see. It's going to be really interesting with, with Waddle and, and Tyreek. All Hill. he has to do is complete a little five-yard yeah. in route to him and let Tyreek do yeah. the rest after the catch. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll I'm see. very interested to see Tyreek Hill not only in the new offense, but without Travis Kelsey on the field, because a lot of yeah. teams yeah. do yeah. a lot to take Travis Kelsey out of the game, and that leaves Tyreek Hill with so much field to work with. Obviously, Tyreek is going to be the focal point of that offense. I believe Jalen Waddle is going to be a huge benefactor. Well, Mike Kosicki's no slouch at tight end either. He's fairly good, but it's it's nope. not even close. Like ty, to no, Travis no, Kelsey no, not not. Team. I'm not trying to draw a comparison between Kosicki and Kelsey because there's a huge gap Ke- there. Kelsey, but you could do worse than Travis Kosicki in a shallow position in this league. Tra- Travis Kelsey or, draws Mike that Kosicki. double team more than most, and I'm interested to see Tyree Kill as the de facto absolute number one in an offense and see how that works. And with Tua instead of Mahomes. It'll be a good chance we get a lot of angry Tyreek Hill gifs out of next year. Excited for it. But number two on this list, Drew's going to be mad because Dangles and I had this man number three. Drew had him number one in the world, and rightfully so. The Offensive Player of the Year, the Super Bowl MVP, the man who was unstoppable last year. It's Cooper Cup. Shave for the sharp, you had him number one. Are you angry he's number two? Angry is not the right. Angry is not the right word. Obviously, I have a good <laughs> feeling. Not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it, exactly, Dames. You, you, you learn that phrase once you have children very quickly. <laughs> I um, learned it because I, it was said to and, me when I was a child. <laughs> yeah. Here's my thing. I have the same feeling that I have as Mahomes as my top quarterback. You could spin it, you know, uh, for quarterbacks. You know, I Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, splitting hairs. Obviously, I have a feeling Devontae is going to come in number one. I have number two. But when I actually look at Cooper Cup and looked at his his year last year, which by all accounts, <laughs> literally the greatest year of it any was receiver freakish. in the history of the sport. Yeah. And and I don't really see him slowing down, guys. No. I don't. It, it, everything you read about him, about his preparation, about his route running, about his work ethic, about how he's a teammate. I mean, you heard him talk about Bobby Woods in such admiration. I mean, this guy is kind of like the Steph Curry of wide receivers in my book where everyone wants to play with him. He makes everybody around him better. And as far as trust, I don't think there's one player in the entire football league that I trust more than Cooper Cup when the ball is coming at him. He does not, I repeat, does not drop passes. He is clutch. He is crunch time darling. And I love watching him play football. So, yeah, I, I understand where you're going at one. Am I mad? No. As Dang said, I'm just disappointed. He's number one in my book. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised you guys didn't have him there after – his year last year, Super Bowl champ, Offensive Player of the Year, and just his trajectory this year. I, I, I'm a little surprised. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, looking back at it now, I had Jamar Chase one spot over Cup. That was probably a mistake. Still wouldn't have done enough to give him the number one overall slot on this list. But I, I, I'm right there with you. Cooper Cup is a game changer. Cannot be stopped. And when you talk about trust again, I mean, there is no one in this world I trusted more than Devontae Adams the past seven years in a Green Bay Packers uniform. And he comes in number one on our list, not just because I had him number one, but Dangles also had this man number one. No, it is not Al Mazard. It is Devontae <laughs> Adams as the number one wide receiver in the world because I'm right there with you, Drew. The preparation, the off-the-field work, the footwork that he does. I mean, he's made Chad Johnson cry before watching tape. This man is perfect at the wide receiver position. And again, splitting hairs here between the top three, in my opinion. But Devontae Adams 
in that Vegas offense and seeing what Derek Carr can become with Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels yeah. calling the plays around him. I'm super excited to see Devontae Adams continue to produce at the levels he does. I said this at dinner with Dangles and a couple of friends the other night. I think he is in for a Randy Moss-type season with the Patriots in that Vegas Raiders offense. Dangles, you also had Devontae Adams as the best wide receiver in all of the land. Sadly, no longer. Oh, man, a Green Bay Packer. Oh, damn. Dang- damn it. Dangles. Damn. Dangles, the best weapon in the world. You had Devontae there. Why Why is he there? Well, you know, if you know me, you know I'm certainly not doing this to uh, 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 fluff Tony's pillow, so to speak. I, I really do think he is the best wide receiver in the league. You, you, when we talk about defensive ends, uh, you know, and edge rushers, we talk about, you hear you hear uh, analysts talk about twitchiness, right? That that move off the line. There's no yeah, one, there's twitch. no one better than Devontae Adams, that twitchiness. He has the best release off the line of scrimmage of anyone in football, and his ability not not only to release so quickly, but immediately employ that like teaching tape type footwork that he has on every single route he runs. His cuts are clean. He puts his foot into the ground better than anybody. He's a guy who can take over the game on the outside. You can put him in the slot. He's reliable. He he, uh, he he's the highest graded wide receiver for the last two years by PFF. Um, and he just, I mean, he's the guy where, you know, I talked with Tyreek Hill about how he's, you know, uncoverable, you game plan for him and all that sort of stuff. And from an athletic standpoint, you know, there's no one better, but from like a just skill standpoint, he just torches single coverage anytime you can put your best cornerback on him and you're not going to have a good day, uh, at the park. You're going to be pizzaing when you should be French frying if there are any South park fans out there. <laughs> so I love Devonte Adams. I'm not just doing this because Tony is a Packer fan. I do think he is the best. And I'm so excited to watch him in that, uh, uh that offense where there is a little more in the wide receiver, like him and Hunter Renfro together. Hunter Renfro was one of my first four out. They're going to be nasty, nasty together. Hunter Renfro is nowhere near the top. Love Hunter Renfro. He's um, great. The, the thing that, that that other than my Packer fandom, the thing that convinced me that Devontae Adams is the best in the land is the respect that other teams show him. Wink Martindale, the old Baltimore defensive coordinator, one of the best and most respected defensive coordinators in the world in their regular season game in 2021, had not double coverage on Devontae Adams, but had triple coverage regularly on Devontae Adams. And they almost won the game because of it. Uh, Devontae draws more uh, uh, defensive focus than anyone in the league this side of Tyreek Hill, and I think Devontae deserves the number one overall spot, but that's it. For the wide receiver list, I cannot believe Devontae Adams is no longer a Packer, but the wide receiver list is final. It is done. The West Coast Gamblers have said so. So, for Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, for Shape of the Sharp, Drew Shaper, Crooks, and my name is Tony Cavallo. We are the West Coast Gamblers, and as always, thank you for listening. West Coast, West Coast, West Coast, West Coast. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. 
Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 